Welcome to Touch Podcast. This is Nate. This is Ryan. This is a podcast for adults. It wasn't until we were talking to Josh and Jessica that I realized that you and and your your former wife did some version of the I kiss dating a bye thing where like you went from like you didn't do like normal dating normal regular people do yeah i was surprised yeah yeah sorry yeah um i i followed that premise to a t um i did not date my former wife um well basically i lost my virginity when i was 16 years old in high school and then um Mm. i wanted i felt like i had to um make that right so i decided not to date um and when i met my uh former wife um we were friends and that was when i was dating her i was kind of dating her in secret but i just told her we were friends and then i knew that when you know i would say hey would you like to you know court right like hey, would you like to you know whatever that next level that was me um pretty much getting engaged to her you know i was deciding that you know, this will be a woman that I will pursue for marriage. Um, and when we, <laughs> when I did formally ask her to um, marry me, to me, I already considered that marriage at that point on. Everything else was just going to be a formality up until the ceremony and uh, da 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 So, um, yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I followed the premise to a T. Um, I did not date Deb. I jumped right to courtship. Yeah. Yeah, I think I had done enough dating um, by the time I saw the book that, yeah, now in the podcast, I don't tell it very well because I realize early on, I'm sort of jumping into a pretty harsh critique of this book, but yeah, I, I got to a college campus. There were these groups, there were students doing it and I just thought it was, I thought it was bad. And, um, yeah. And so I, yeah, I kind of, yeah, I'm a little Debbie Downer at the beginning of our conversation, but hopefully, hopefully. I'm excited to meet yeah. the guy. I'm excited to talk with him because yeah. like I, I tried it and what worked for some didn't work for others. And, you know, as, as much as it can be a sad story for me, I, it's, it's pretty fascinating anthropo- anthropological research and I was in it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it was me. It was well, me. Uh, for the listeners at home, we are launching into a two-part series with best-selling Christian author Josh Harris, who is most famous for his breakout book, the one we are talking about right now, I Kiss Dating Goodbye, where he wrote it. He was 19 or 20 when he wrote it. It came out when he was 21, and it taught that if you, if you uh, love the Lord – if you would stop dating, stop physical contact, contact and court your future mate, even waiting to have your first kiss on your wedding day, then God would bless your marriage and everything would be cool. Yeah, yeah. And, and we didn't wait till our first kiss for our wedding day. We, we kind of played the line there. But um, we're also going to meet Jessica, everyone. Uh, Jessica Vander Wingard. She is an independent filmmaker, an Australian filmmaker who is doing a documentary with Josh. Um, and the way they met is absolutely fascinating. I'm going to let her describe that um, herself for you guys. Uh, but uh, she is doing this as a senior film project with Regent University. And um, she has her story involved with this too. So that's going to be very exciting to meet her, especially with me as a filmmaker myself. Yeah, so let's listen to it. All right, welcome to Touch Podcast. This is Ryan. And this is Nate. 
And we are here on this episode of Touch Podcast with Joshua Harris, the author of the breakout classic from about 20 years ago, I Kiss Dating Goodbye, and his filmmaker, Jessica Vander Wingard. And we are so excited to have you guys on the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Great to be with you. See, I am enthusiastic. Um, I'm so excited because Josh, I've, I've read your book. Uh, well, I mean, it's, 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 it's exciting to me because uh, the, the gravitas that it came in, it's, it's, a, it's like a celebrity thing for me, right? I'll just be upfront with that. <laughs> and to, for me to meet people, I, I had to use a camera and I started to make a documentary film for me to meet people. And, and all of a sudden I'm talking with you, with Jessica, another fellow documentary filmmaker who was also following Curiosity and that kind of created uh, your two collaboration um, in a natural way. So um, Josh, Jessica, how did you guys meet? This is a great way to start the story. Uh, Jess, you, you tell this story so well. Why don't you, why don't you take this question? Yeah, sure. So um, I arrived um, from Australia to come to Vancouver to attend Regent College um, in 2014, the fall of that year. And um, and it wasn't until a full year later that, um, you know, actually it was during that first year, I, we, we heard rumors that, oh, you know, that guy who wrote I Kissed Dating Goodbye, he might come here to study. How crazy is that? And, you know, because so many of us had grown up reading his books and then, um, you know, and then when he arrived, I was like, well, which one's Josh? I can't see a guy who looks like the guy on the cover of the book. I mean, or the back cover of the book. And then, um, <laughs> and then I noticed, oh, he, um, he has no Is he, Does he still have that hat? <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah. The, he, you know, he wears the fedora to class every day. Um, no, I'm <laughs> That's... And uh, so we were actually... Um, kind of drawn into another film project uh, was into, I think our second year um, or Josh's second year, my third year at Regent um, working with a professor on a, on a documentary um, just kind of just by chance. And we were sitting with that, with other students. We were in one of the Gulf islands here in British Columbia um, at a professor's house and we were having dinner and Josh just turned to me and he said, so tell me what the dating scene is like at Regent for a single person. And as a single Christian female or in grad school, in a, in a theological grad school, I felt like I, you know, that question is just opening up a, a can of worms. And I think um, so many of my, of my peers at school and also like just for those of us who are Christians and single around the age that I'm at now, which is, you know, early 30s we have a lot to say or we have just, we have some thoughts on the issue and on the topic. And, um, so I wasn't really, I never approached Josh directly. And then it was after I, um, after we started talking about that and we were just dialoguing with other students around a dinner table, then, um, I said, Hey, well, I'm kind of thinking of maybe doing a documentary about this stuff for my thesis at Regent. Could I maybe interview you? Um, and uh, he was like, oh, yeah, you know, I'd be open to that. Um, and yesterday he reminded, Josh reminded me of, um, of something I said that I'd completely forgotten about. Um, but that was like when I first did like my soft pitch to him of um, actually him being a lot more involved than just an interview. So, yeah, Josh, you can tell that part. Wow. Yeah, yeah, Josh, what, what was the, what's, the, what's the Josh side? First of all, that sounds fascinating that you met him um in a way you didn't expect and like 
he's amongst the people. That's awesome. Um, Josh, what's your, what's the Joshua version of this experience? Well, you know, it was quite a, quite a process for me uh, to come to grad school. I'd been pastoring for a long time and it was a really healthy transition to become a student and be able to relate to fellow students, not as a leader and pastor, but just as a, you know, a peer. And I began to get a different perspective from fellow students on my book as they just, you know, shared with me ways in which it had affected them. And so when I asked Jessica that question, I mean, she began to just share the frustrations and challenges and the ways that relationships can be weird, which some of which is just, I think normal to Christian circles and some of it is specific to a theological <laughs> graduate school. Um, but uh, that was just a fascinating conversation. And I had been asking the question personally, how do I answer this, this question of whether I still agree with everything in my book? And I also had been, you know, reading um, a lot of critique and criticism and, and feedback from people saying, it wasn't just that we didn't like this book, this book actually harmed us. And so I felt like I needed to engage that, but I didn't know how. I didn't know what, uh, what process that would be, what you know, medium of communication that would be. And I, and I knew I needed to actually study and think and not just quickly make some sort of statement. And so that was the beginning of a, a long journey of making the decision to make the documentary. I backed out at one point. We, we kind of... Uh, rearranged the vision for the documentary and we finally met at a place where we were both ready to, to do it and um, and so here we are it's complete and, and going to be released this summer so it's crazy that it's a this is a really interesting story because I uh, did a year of seminary out of undergrad, had never heard of the book, uh, took a year off of seminary to do an internship and on this college campus in Louisiana. And I show up uh, along with the new campus minister there and they've got four or this is the fall of 98, four or five groups of students doing discipleship groups and they're doing this book like a stating goodbye. So I pick up a copy of it and I go through it and I'm like, I didn't, I, I'll be honest. I'm, w I would be with the group of people who were like, uh, this is, I don't, the, I, I, I did not agree with it and was sort of surprised by it. Like the whole, yeah, the whole, the, the whole idea of it, it was troubling to me, but there were also all these college students, sweet little 18, 19 year olds, who were in these discipleship groups who really found a lot of meaning and comfort by it. And so I, I distinctly remember that you're spending lots of time in conversation with students who, um, who that message, the message of the book really hit home. And for some who it was also pretty confusing because they had had not had always been Christians or had, you know, come to come to college and, um, you know, had dated a lot and, we're confused about is this the only way that you know that christians are supposed to date or relate to the opposite sex that kind of thing um so i'm intrigued at the kind of conversations people were starting to have with you at at when you got to seminary about about your book 
Yeah, you know, I um, I think that some of the the feedback that I was getting from people that there's so many different stories and so many different experiences, and I think that um, one of the things that was confusing and and somewhat overwhelming, and Jess got brought into this with the the making of the documentary, is that when you talk about you know, over a million books being sold and then all the, all the other people that are affected, even if whether or not they read the book or buy the book, it affects different communities in different ways and everyone has different backgrounds when it comes to relationships and experiences and dating and all those kinds of things. Um, the diversity of experiences can just start to, you know, just kind of blow your mind. And so it, it, it's been hard for me over the years to process all of the, the both critique as well as encouragement. And I think part of what was so good about being at school is that these were not just nameless people on the internet, you know, you know, on the internet, you kind of have the people that are your biggest fans write comments and then the people that just think you're like the biggest idiot in the world write comments and it's easy to just sort of like tune certain people out and and so on and I think I began to get some of the nuance as I formed friendships with people as they were just sharing here's how this made you know in my context relationships awkward or here's how um, the ideas and I kiss dating goodbye um, made relationships Relationships, you know, feel like they had to be so serious so soon. Or here's the, you know, the kind of environment where I, you know, I didn't know how to relate to the opposite sex, and I could stay goodbye made that even harder because if I started to do that, it needed to be serious, and you know, all those different kinds of things. So that there's a range of um, range of feedback. But I think one of the things that, you know, Jessica shared, and I think she represents a lot of people in this category, is that I think my book, you know, kind of gave this, this sense of promise where, you know, if you do things a certain way, and you want God's best, then God will give you his best. And, you know, the, the implication was that you'll be married by a certain age, and you'll have this certain experience. And I got married very young, I got married at uh, 23. Um, and that just doesn't work that way for everybody. That's not everybody's story. And so when that's not your story, you start feeling like, wait a second, you know, what was I promised and why didn't things work out for me? And what does it look like for me as a, you know, um, a single person in my late twenties, thirties and beyond to, um, experience intimacy and relationships and where's my place in the church and, those were a lot of the kinds of questions that we wanted to to tackle in uh, in the documentary. I have a Ryan. I have a question that I want to ask here on this one because I I think it it kind of speaks into the <clears throat> the timing aspect of um, Josh of your book when it came out uh, because I remember when when I came across it um, I was invigorated because the essence I understood. Um, and like you, I understand that, you know, some folks live one narrative um, and other folks live another narrative. Um, and right. it, the, the hard part is that when, um, when that, like you said, when that narrative is, is, is spotlight, spotlighted on, and, you know, we have to consider that when, when we're at a young age, like in the early 20s and so forth, 
you know, it's the the machine uh, that wants to focus on these on stories like this. It's a very it's a very persuasive machine that we can get that that's exciting in, in great ways. And it can also be damaging in others when it doesn't give voice to the other stories. And, and those aren't other stories that we know even exist because we haven't lived those yet. You know what I mean? So I guess it, what I'm saying is not really yeah. a question, but I'm just sharing some empathy um, in in the position of us pastors mm-hmm. who have carried a, a true message. But, you know, but we're struggling to teach the full narrative when we can only offer so much. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's interesting. I, Jessica, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this because we've talked about we've talked about the fact that a lot of times the narrative that singles here in the church that's coming from the pastors up front uh, are often, I would think, the majority majority are men who often got married very young, and they're the ones that are standing up and doing their best to teach you know a broad spectrum of people on these topics, but their own experience is often getting married young, you know, being this evangelical pastor with a hot wife, and then you're trying to speak to singles who have a totally different experience. Yeah, that's definitely like part of the frustration that I felt as a single person that kind of propelled me towards wanting to address it because I would have these conversations with my single friends, both both men and women who you know, we're Christians, we, we, we love God and, we, and we, want, we want to stay within Christian community. But increasingly, as we get older and, and we don't get married and we don't start ticking these boxes and fitting into these categories that the church kind of expects you to fit into by certain ages, you, you feel like, Look, do I even belong here? Am I even, should I even still be around? And, and the frustration of... Um, you know, everyone, I, you know, I often say like everyone on the stage with a microphone has a wedding ring on and they're the only people given permission and they're the only ones qualified to talk to me as a single person. I, I as a single person, want to hear from someone who is also single and understands the, the, you know, the struggle of either wanting to be married or wanting to have sexual intimacy in your life or, um, you know, just wanting to have someone to go on a movie date with or whatever it is. Um, and then just feeling like that that's something that's missing in your life, but then also that you're not like you, you may have a sense of loneliness. We may have a sense of loneliness that also is, is like magnified by the church because we're not brought into community because it's kind of the way you do that is you get married and you have kids and then the other families with kids, you can kind of, you know, be all together. So it's, you know, it was out of that that I was like, okay, well, who's going to talk about this? Like, who, you know, are there single people who can address these things? And I was like, well, maybe, you know, we could make this movie and kind of start unwrapping some of this stuff. Let's take a quick break. This episode is brought to you by Next Good Consulting. Next Good coaches individuals and organizations to create new futures in a creative consulting process that starts with one powerful question. If your life were a comedy, what would happen next? It's true. He really asked me this question, and that's that's what unlocked me. This unique story framing helps generate new ideas, design imaginative alternatives, and craft a new storyline. Whether it's your life or a business idea that's stuck, you can learn to stop rehearsing that scripted drama in your head and start having fun in your own happy story. I should know because I did I did those exact same steps and it it really has changed the course of my life. Start a new page today with Next Good 
at www.rnextgood.com. Tell them you heard about them on Touch Podcast and get one free coaching session on me, on Nate, because I took it and it was amazing and I want you all to experience it. At least just have a chance. Next Good, gain a new sense of purpose by starting something good. That's really helpful, Jessica. And this is Ryan. Um, how, how, if you, you know, without giving too many spoilers away, how do you in the film um, help to shed light on that perspective? And I think that's the question for you. And then I think the question for Josh is um, if you'd be willing to tip your hand a little bit on, um, you know, what your, what your modifications to, if you were going to, if it was going to be, if you're going to re-release the book or something that goes with it or after it, what would that, what would that be about? Yeah. So with the film, uh, one thing that I, at the end of the day, we thought the most compelling way, one of my professors and I, who's, um, a documentary filmmaker from the BBC, amazingly like God's provision is that he was at Regent at the same time. And, I was talking to him about this film idea and he's like, you need to find a story to tell. Whose story are you going to tell? Because a bunch of talking heads and um, a topic isn't compelling. That's not going to move an audience. And, you know, lo and behold, Joshua Harris is at Regent College at the same time. And so the film like isn't specifically on, on the issue so much as it is exploring Josh's story and, and his reevaluation in many ways. And as a filmmaker, what I did was I wanted to have Josh sit down face to face with these people, um, whether they were just, you know, quote unquote regular people who read his book or whether they were people who wrote um, extensively about their single experience or they wrote critiquing his book. Um, that's, that's kind of what we like, that the way we've gone about things in the film so then to highlight to the audience, hey, here are some different perspectives. And here you can see how Joshua Harris, the author of I Kissed Dating Goodbye, is processing all of these things. So he, in a way, is acting like, um, you know, um, a mirror, hopefully, to the church um, being able to process some of these things as well. And uh, so it was important for me that we not only um, interview people who, um, or, and authors who are already married, but people who are still single or people who are single again, um, men and women and people from um, diverse backgrounds as well. And even some non-Christians, we were really fortunate to get a sit down with a columnist from the Washington Post. And um, she writes a column called Soloish. Her name's Lisa Bonas. And, you know, she talks about what dating's like in the world of Tinder. And so Josh has a sit down with her and that's in the film and, and all of these things to just help, help us um, just round out the conversation because whether it's happening in church or not, these are things that single people are talking about that we're talking about as Christians as well. So they were important elements to keep in the film and to bring into the mainstream conversation. Ryan's question about kind of the where I'm landing in the film and the implications for that, we're sort of in a strange moment right now because the film has not been released publicly. So it'd be better at this point, you know, all of that's going to be 
communicated in the film. And um, so I'm afraid I have to kind of wait, wait to, ah, to share all that. No spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> no, I totally respect that. For exactly. sure. I totally respect that. There was there's an article in Relevant magazine, one about the uh, your the original one with your TED talk, which I missed, but then I saw on my news feed um, an article that took a bit of a a bit of a negative look at Josh at your TED talk. To summarize that, I would say that the article talks about how um, worried I guess worried that either your documentary might just because it's about you that it it f- only focuses on, you know, why why changing your mind is a big deal to you and not the impact that that has on other people and probably particularly women. So I think to what Jessica was saying, could you have something to add to some of the other voices that are in the documentary and how and how you're sort of honoring those? The, yeah, definitely. Um, the, the the pain I think that that not not just your book, but that the whole the whole machine that's a whole purity machine the true love waits the the conferences the you know the bible studies the daily devotions the concerts all of that you know your your book was one piece of a big machine that was sort of running that had really good intentions but okay i'll stop talking so <laughs> so you can answer that rambling question yeah no i didn't get to read the full um article that was irrelevant. I know somebody summarized some of it for me and told me a little bit about it. Um, I mean, I think that people just have to wait and watch the film, you know, that it's uh, people are part of what we've done in, in making this a public process and having it be crowdfunded and um, inviting, you know, people to share their stories and, and so on is we've wanted to create dialogue and we think that's really healthy. And we, we recognize that um, at the end of the day, when people watch the film, there are going to be a million different perspectives about whether or not there was too much of my story and not enough of other people's, you know, experiences and so on. I would just say from day one for both me and for Jessica, that's been a huge priority. In other words, we knew that, my journey of reevaluation was the thread that was allowing us to tell this bigger story. We don't apologize for that, but the reason that I'm, you know, embarked on this process of reevaluation is because um, we wanted to understand, I wanted to understand um, how the ideas in my book had affected other people. So this is where we're going to pause and we're going to hear more about uh, Josh's documentary in the next episode where we find out that there was a moment where he considered stopping the project and what brought him back to finish the documentary. We will also hear from Jessica about what the project is about. We haven't really exposed too much of where Josh's position is, uh, but there is more to come. Yeah, and how... How does a 19 or 20-year-old get a book published and sell millions of copies? So we'll talk a little bit about the evangelical machine that swarmed his message and the role that the homeschool movement played in launching his movement. Um, This is real exciting stuff. And in the next one, Josh gets real with this, gets a little vulnerable, starts feeling a little bit like a therapy session. You're going to love it. 
No, seriously, you are. Speaking of loving it, if you love Touch Podcast, or if you even moderately like it, please share it with your friends. You can find us on Facebook and on Instagram and Twitter at touch underscore cast. Music for this episode of Touch is courtesy of Nashville producer, composer, and writer Carter Harrell. You can find his music at carterharrellmusic.com. Read stories, watch videos, and more at touchpodcast.com. Email us at info at touchpodcast, or give us a call at 678-685-1010. And as always, the opinions expressed on Touch Podcast are solely the responsibility of those who are speaking. And now here's the whole track, Broken Love, by Carter Harrell. Doesn't know, no, she doesn't. 
Just like me, 